Well, as Burner Boy says, you don't come. Laugh, laugh. I don't want to go to breakfast. Shia. <laughs> episode of Art Mythos. African mythology told through art. We're your hosts, Solomon and Adra. Adra and Solomon. Whichever way you want to say it. And we're a date now. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So it's, been, it's, been, it's actually been a minute since we last did a podcast episode, episode nine. Um, a lot has happened in that minute. We are now a date as Solomon said. Yes, we are. Yes, Should we tell are. them what a date means? So before we were SA Arts, which was, you know, Solomon and Adra, SA. Art. But now, you know, we've been working together for a while and our connections deeper. We understand each other a lot more. And um, so now... Adechi is an amalgamation of our last names. So Adebi, Adebi. Ade, and Bochi, Chi, yeah. <laughs> Adechi. Together, Adechi. Um, we just thought, it. one, it sounded a lot more, you know, it African sounds like a brand. And a brand, yeah. and it ties more into sort of what we're trying to do. Exactly. So. And it's not as generic, generic. should we yeah. say, yeah. as SAR. So, yeah, we're now Adechi. Um, you know, same people, different name. <laughs> yeah, same and great work and more consistency and all of that good stuff. Yeah. And as we said, a lot has happened since our last video, our last podcast, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify. Um, yeah. Last time we recorded on TikTok, we had like 8,000 followers. Now we have... Oh, we have 115,000 followers and rising insert so. cheer here <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's been an amazing few months yeah and months? damn it's been like months. three months yeah. yeah and we just want to thank everybody that has literally joined us on this journey and followed us and supported us um especially if you're listening to this podcast and you've come from tiktok Thank you so much. Thank you for being patient as well, because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> You've been as asking said. for episodes, and it's it's taken us a while. But it's here. But it's and here, we got it. and, and we're we ready for it. you. We're yeah. ready for you. And we've also sold sold like literally so many of our original paintings. Yes, we have. Um, um, yeah, it's been amazing, and you know we're glad that we can share our art with the world and other people and yeah, everyone's going to learn a lot exactly. more about the stories the and the mythology. Because yeah. with our art it comes all the stories and all the folk tales and all the deities and it's like we're taking we're giving a piece of those stories to each person that buys our art and it's amazing. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah and I remember in the first episode we were talking about how oh we'll tell the stories of you know these artworks and then when you guys buy it then you'll get to know the stories and you can tell it to others and now it's a reality yeah and yeah we're just so proud of that and we're proud of the progress that we've made since the last video yes so yes or since our first video especially (laughs) since our first video especially because it's like nearly coming up to a year since our first ever video podcast yeah podcast video and nearly two years since we started this whole art journey so it's been amazing we love it yes um we're also currently working on a new brand deal with uh pinterest it's our first brand deal so yeah it's our first ever paid sponsorship so i mean it's exciting we love pinterest we use it literally daily as you will see if you go onto our pinterest at adechi underscore Mm-hmm. Um, you can see our mood boards. You can see our inspiration. You can you can even have a little sneak peek at some things we want to do in the future, like yeah. tote bags, stickers, books. Okay. So you know all that good stuff. Yeah. So after that, that spiel, <laughs> without further ado, let's talk about this episode. Yes. Um, so this week or this month, this episode, um, <laughs> we'll be focusing on Egyptian mythology, as promised. As promised. As promised, because it's the you know pantheon which. Which our homegirl Nephsis belongs to. Yeah. Yeah. Nephsis has been sold. Um, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. If you follow our TikTok, you would have seen our Have You Heard little snippet story about Nephsis. But here we're just going to go into a lot more detail um, about Nephsis, but not only Nephsis, about the Egyptian pantheon. 
yeah. which Solomon's going to tell us. So. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, the Egyptian pantheon is, you know, it's so important because I think Egyptian mythology is probably one of the first, um, like, complex mythology systems that yeah. most people have heard of, and especially most people have heard of in Africa. Yes, um, that, is, that is a good point because African mythology as a whole is not very mainstream, but... Yeah. We can say Egyptian mythology is extremely mainstream, yes, if anything. Yes. So, so yeah, um, that's normally people's starting point into, into um, yeah. African mythology. Yeah. But I guess we're saying don't just stop here. There's nope. so much um, more it's complex so, systems yeah. um, of beliefs and pantheons and stories and folk tales yeah. in Africa. But we're going to start here, here. and <laughs> yeah, we're going to let you know a bit more. Yeah. So. Egyptian mythology. Let's go. Let's get started. <laughs> okay, so like all great stories, this one starts with In the beginning, there was nothing but primal ocean. We call this state none, meaning none being. Okay, so the creator god, Ra, or a tomb, which means the all, mm -hmm. emerged from the chaos of none. He willed himself into being. Do you know what? Like, like he came out of nothing and he decided, Said, oh, I want to be- Today uh, I'm going to be something and yeah. here I am. <laughs> yeah, honestly, he just willed himself into being out of nothing. Love that. And from his own body, he created the other gods. And I'll tell you how, I'll tell you how. Mm -hmm. So the way he did it was- <laughs> He sneezed. Yeah. So basically, I'm so, sorry. It must be so powerful that you can sneeze. Sneezed out other gods. So from his nostrils, he sneezed out Shu, the air, the god of air, mm. the life spirit, and from his mouth, he spat out Tefnut, the world order, the goddess of moisture. Ooh, that is new. I've never heard of a goddess. There's so many ocean, river, sea mm -hmm. goddesses, but I've never heard of moisture. Yeah, so in the beginning we have air mm. and moisture. They also have other domains that they rule over, but there's the one that I'm that, using yeah, yeah. Um, for this. Okay, so when he sneezed and spat them out, mm -hmm. he projected them out so far across this chaos ocean that he had to send his right eye to go after them and find them. Mm -hmm. So his right eye is named Hathor, which mm -hmm. is the sun, mm -hmm. a devouring flame that was loyal and devoted to him. Mm -hmm. So when she came back um, with Shu and Tefnut, she was angry because a tomb had regrown another eye. Right. So, so when the right eye came back, she was angry because a tomb grew another right eye. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So someone else has taken her, her place. place. Yeah. And so she was so upset that she wept, and out of her bitter tears came the first human beings. Whoa! I was not expecting yeah, that. Honestly, like think about it. Out of her bitter tears came the first human beings. Wow. So remember, Hathor is the sun. Yeah. So they say out of the tears of the sun came human. Oh, see, this is why I love saying these stories because I can just imagine painting. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, honestly. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's always so like poetic. It's so poetic. Oh, I love it so much, actually. All right, anyway, Shu and Tefnut. So remember these names that I'm saying? Yeah. So Shu and Tefnut procreated yeah. and created Geb, Geb the yeah. land god, yeah. and Newt, the sky goddess. So we've heard of Newt before. Yeah, heard um, of Geb before. Yeah, so land and sky. Yeah. So it's normally the other way around. Normally it's Mother Earth, like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, Uranus or whoever is the sky um, god. But this way it's the other way around. Interesting. So Newt, Newt laid on Geb. Yeah. And created stars. And the stars were infinite in the sky. So the earth god and the sky goddess, sky goddess created stars. Yeah, so they procreated yeah. and they created numerous infinite stars, in fact. Nice. And now it's important that I say that it's infinite because it means that there were so, so many, many in the sky. Yeah. Which was actually an issue because this angered Shu, the air god. 
because this was the first air god, the one that came before mm-hmm. New the Sky Goddess. So he was angry because now there's so many stars in his domain. Mm-hmm. And, and so Shu cursed Newt to never give birth again in any month of the year. Wow. So the phrasing of this is important yeah. any month of the year. Because later on, um Totes, Totes, that's it. Totes, the god of knowledge and learning, he gambled with the moon god to win Newt's five extra days where she could get busy and procreate. So, so five extra days outside of the months of the Yeah, so these yeah. days were added to the twelve month lunar month of thirty days each. So that's why we have one more day here and there. I'm not sure how it actually uh, works out. Okay, so you're saying, right, before there was 30 days each month, 30 yeah. days for each 12 months, mm-hmm. and then he told Newt that she could never give birth outside of these months. Yes. So then she got given five extra days yes. outside of them. Yes. And this is why now we have like 30 Some days, half September, fair. April, June, and November, yeah. the rest of 31. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's why. Interesting, right? It's so, so cool. Yeah. So, um, so on these days, yeah. she gave birth to Osiris, mm-hmm. Set, mm-hmm. Isis, Nephsis, yeah. and also Horus. So in here, it says that she gave birth to Horus. In other stories, it says that Horus was born from Osiris and Isis. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the sake of th- this story and in this source, we're going to say this is Elder Horus and the one that comes from Osiris and Isis is called, I don't know, Younger? Younger Horus? Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, say, we'll, we'll say that for now. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. say that for now. Anyway, to prevent further children being born, Shu gave Newt some birth control. Okay. Not, not actually, not actually, because obviously at that time there was yeah, birth I was gonna control. Say. <laughs> but this is worse. So, in order to leave a tomb space to create and populate the world, so because these stars and all of this, there's like no space left. Yeah. Um, and so Shu was getting angry because now the great creator god couldn't create more things. Yeah. So, in order to create space for a tomb to populate the world, Shu decided to divorce the couple. <clears throat> right. So talk about terrible in law, like yeah. Um, so he re- he wrenched the sky. So Newt he wrenched her high in his hands and pinned down Geb his son to the earth with his feet. So there's some like really powerful imagery. Okay, here. so I'm trying to imagine the imagery. So who? So who did? He, so Shu. Shu wrenched the sky. So he wrenched the sky goddess Newt. Yeah, yeah, up high. Yeah. And then pinned the earth down to the earth. Right. Down okay. to separate them. To separate them. them. Okay. Yeah, so this imagery is reminiscent of, you know, the story of Atlas having to hold, hold up, up the, the sky. Hold up the sky, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that sort of power and, you know, yeah. holding up the sky from the earth sort of yeah. thing. And apparently yeah. that could be where the inspiration sort of came from. Um, yep, that's true. Yeah, so... Um, these seven gods, um, can you remember their names by any chance? Nephsis. Yeah. Osiris. Yes. Isis. Yes. Uh, no. That's alright. That was good then. Yeah, you got three out of seven. I got three out of seven. Three out of seven. Yeah, so then there's also Shu. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Tefnut. Yeah. You said Newt already, didn't you? No. Newt. And Geb. Ah. So, and Horus as well. Yeah. So you forgot a few, but that's fine. Now we some. know. Yeah. Now we know. Okay, so they are known as the Ennead, which are the yes. nine greatest gods yes. under a tomb. Yeah. And like a tomb, they contain both order and chaos. And you find that balance is really important in Egyptian mythology. Osiris, for example, was the first king on earth and he became the ruler of the underworld. Set lived in the desert and tried to overthrow his brother. You know, like a whole Mufasa scar yeah. type of deal. Yeah. Yeah, so so think so he lived in the desert desert, like desert land. Yeah. And his brother was, you know, the king of everything. So it's actually it's, very, it's actually like I actually think if you look deep into the story, I think that is, yeah, that is Lion, Lion King. King. Lion King. Yeah, because his skull was living with them hyenas, fam. Yeah, he really was. Yeah, it was it's not easy. 
Anyway, Set embodies darkness and chaos. Mm -hmm. And so they were both married to their sisters, who are twins, by the way. You know, Osiris was married to Isis. Yep. Set was married to Nephesis. Nephesis. And you're probably going to say more about Nephesis later on. So I won't delve too much into mm -hmm. that. Anyway, Horus, you know, who depending on the source is either the last child of Geb or the first offspring of Osiris and Isis. Although this only happened, you know, after Set kills um, Osiris and he's been put into the underworld and comes back to life. I feel like I missed a lot of context here. It's okay. But it's something that we'll get into another day or you should read more into. But just but for the sake of like this... if you'd like us to cover it more, we can definitely do a mini-sode on it. Yes, we can. Um, yeah, so just for the setting up of the main gods, I've just sort of glanced over yeah. the later parts of the story. Um, but yeah, um, Horus is, you know, the new sun god, becomes the new sun god, and he's depicted like as a falcon or like half falcon. Um, so I feel like there's a good starting point. Um, the lore of Egyptian mythology is complex and extensive, and we could make this entire podcast about it and still not scratch the surface of it. But my hope is that with this understanding of the creation of the first gods, you know, it could sort of like whet your appetite to sort of find <laughs> out a bit more about them. And that is where I'm going to end it. Lovely, that was amazing. Yeah, thank you, we thank you. Creations of the first gods. I just, I actually really just love like creation stories and like how pantheons start and everything because they're all kind of very similar in ways yeah. as we've like pointed out, but they're also very like they have their own unique things about it. So it's always interesting to like hear a new one. Um, yeah, definitely. And I feel like they've had like ages and eons to sort of fine tune it and make it so yeah. poetic and beautiful. Yeah, and the poetry in the wording is just yeah, kiss. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyway, right. yeah. <laughs> so I just now going to tell us a bit more about Nephesis. Yeah, the inspiration for our painting titled Nephesis. <laughs> So I am going to be telling you a bit more about Nessus. So you've covered like the whole pantheon and like the creation. So I'll be telling you about one of the um, goddesses of the Iliad, one of the members mm. of the Iliad. So that's Nessus. Let us know. So Nessus was actually one of the original five gods of ancient Egypt. So as you said, she was born in the union of Geb and Nuit, sky and the earth. And she was actually the fourth born after Osiris. Isis and Set. So yeah, she's the older sister of Horus. Um, so she's last born of of the four. Yeah. And then plus Horus. And then plus Horus. Yeah. <laughs> so she's actually one of the earliest goddesses of Egypt, as you know, because she was a member of the Ennead. So they're like from the creation story that you just said. Yeah. Um, and she's considered very important in the predestinic period so do you know what the predestinic period is before the egyptian dynasty yeah <laughs> well ish so <laughs> so from the time from the predestinic period to the ptolemaic dynasty she was very very important and this was actually the last dynasty to rule before egypt became a province of rome so wow. that's why all of these um gods and goddesses from the Ennead are very very important because they were kind of like the main ones that were like about until Egypt became overthrown by Rome. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, Nessus is actually the Latin version of her Egyptian name. So, in Egypt, in ancient Egypt, her name was actually Nebt. <laughs> so, you can also say Nebthet. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. But um, I guess they kind of changed it to a more Latin version when Rome came to Egypt. Yeah. So, that's so why we have. Yes, yeah, so that's why we have Nephesis. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of the same genre of names, it's not yeah. too drastic. Um, so her name actually translates as Lady of the Temple Closure or Mistress of the House. Okay. Yeah, so it's actually very interesting. Like, when I always hear that names translate into like longer phrases or something, mm -hmm. I'm like, ooh, it's quite cool. Yeah, nowadays, true. like your name just means something like flower or like, do you know what I mean? Or like, I mean, my Nigerian yeah. names always like Nigerian names normally mean normally like a mean long a long sentence. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's quite cool. Um, so as you will see of, um, with our painting on Nephesis, um, she's usually pictured with a hieroglyph or like a house or 
as a crown. So yeah. that's how we depicted her. Um, so we gave her like a nice crown and she's usually depicted in this because she is known as the mistress of the house. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely not a meritorious um, crown. Okay, that is a new word. Vocab Basically, we're doing vocab. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we have this thing where, uh, mini segue, but we're doing, um, we have to say a new word every day. Yeah. And my word was meritorious. Oh, right. Okay, fairs, fairs, yeah. fairs. So it means like tastelessly showy. So it's like surface level attractive, but not actually attractive. Oh, so you're I said, good. You're good. So I said it's not that. It's the opposite mm, of that. Mm, mm, okay. Yeah, so... One plate for Adj. <laughs> but yeah, so the house pictured on her crown is not meant to like depict an earthly home or temple, but it's more linked to like heavenly home and heavens because she's more related to the air and to the ether. Mm. So it's not meant to be like a physical temple. It's more like a heavenly temple. So we refer to her as mistress of the house. It's not like this is my house. She's the mistress of this house. It's more like she's like the queen of like the heavens do you know what I mean right, it's, yeah. it's more in depth than just yeah it's more what, ethereal yes yeah <laughs> and that was my word <laughs> <laughs> was it actually <laughs> I went straight into that one <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> I actually handed that one to you on a plate wow <clears throat> so Nessus is usually associated with death and decay um, so this is because from an early period she's she was regularly invoked for funeral services. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So professional mourners in Egyptian funerals, um, known as hawks of Nessus, um, used to like just invoke her um, as part of the ritual for burials and funeral services. Um, and this was actually because um, her images were found in the tomb of Tutankhamun. So if you know uh, Egyptian mythology, you know Tutankhamun is literally like one of the most famous poster child of yeah he's literally the poster child of Egyptian mythology King Tut so um, her images were found all across his um, his tomb and this is because um, it said that she actually took part in his um, burial ritual so you know Egyptians especially in ancient Egypt they had a very specific burial ritual Um, I remember learning about this in school actually um, I don't know if you remember Store they used to say they yep mm-hmm. they hook the hook up your nose and they pull your brain out and mm-hmm. they in case you, your body yeah do you know why they did that to preserve the body for the afterlife um, they left some things on you that they thought that you would need to transcend to the afterlife um, mm-hmm. with you yeah um, yeah yeah that's, that's exactly right okay <laughs> So um, Nessus symbols are the hawk and the temple and also a sycamore tree. Um, she's known also as the mother of the death god Anubis. Yeah. So he's another popular Egyptian um, god. And um, yeah, so prayers are often offered to her um, at twilight for protection. So if you really want Nessus protection, it's best to do it at twilight. Now, I don't actually know what twilight, is twilight a time? Or is it just like... It's like golden hour. And I, I, it's either the one in the morning or the one in the evening. It's yeah. Two. I'm guessing evening because she's more to do with night. and. Oh, but twilight. It sounds like light. <laughs> Guys, let's yeah. know. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's when... It's like at the break of Break dawn. of dawn. Like just, just as night is breaking into day, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think... Yeah, and that light is... Because the movie franchise has ruined it for me. All I know is the movie. <laughs> but I'm guessing you know that's what? what it is because you know how the, they couldn't be in the light? I, I haven't they watched Twilight. I, I, will not, <laughs> I will not indulge in this yeah, conversation. Okay. But what I have watched is, you know, in your name. Yes. I think they had to wait till morning at that golden hour where they could see um, in between the spirit world and the... Um, human world where Before, yeah. yeah something like that but yeah it's yeah. an important time, it's an important time. Tell, me which, tell us whichever one it is <laughs> how it's a night or in the morning so um, it's, it's known that Nephesis was originally conceived as the female counterpart of Set yeah um, so he represented the desert while she represented the air so it's another kind of like opposites ish mm-hmm, mm-hmm, kind of thing mm-hmm. like with your Geb and Nuit yes. um, so Set was actually infertile, so 
as I said, he represented the desert, and the desert is mostly like barren uh-huh, land. That so, makes sense, yeah. Yeah, um, and he was actually frequently described as either bisexual or gay. Yeah, I've heard some stories. Yeah. He did some things to Horace. Yeah, so horrible. very interesting. And obviously, he was with Nephsis, so mm. it's often considered that Nephsis was barren because they didn't have any children. So, mm. and Set was infertile. And I'm guessing there's something to do with him maybe being bisexual or gay, so they probably didn't consummate anything, have children. Yeah, so. yeah. There's different ways to kind of interpret that. Um, so, as the goddess of the air, she would rightly take form of a bird. So that's why also in our painting of Nessus, we give her lovely wings. <laughs> um, and because she was barren, she was actually associated with a particular bird. Which bird do you think? Barren. Vulture. How Vulture. did you know? Vulture. Did you see my look? No. How nope. did you know? No. Nope. Nope. It doesn't make sense. I didn't know vultures were barren. Yeah. Wow. So it's believed in ancient Egypt that um, vultures couldn't bear children. Mm. So rightly so, Nephesis, who was also believed couldn't bear children, was associated with this bird. Um, and the Egyptians also used to think that all vultures were female um. and that you couldn't get any male vultures. And I guess this makes sense because when you look at vultures, there's very little difference between male and female. Like, I have a picture here. Okay. Like, can you tell which one's male and which one's female? That's the female. No. <laughs> <laughs> you see, something you just have to say confidently. That was no right answer. I could have said the other one, you should say no. They look exactly the same. And even now, you have to take a DNA test to know like which vulture is male, which vulture is female. Oh. Like, you just can't tell. So that's Wait, why. So you don't know. Hmm? So you don't know which one? I googled it, so I know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, but if I was to see two vultures here and you told me one's male, one's female. True, 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 true. I hear that. I wouldn't know. So later myths also claimed that Nephesis was the mother of Anubis. Yeah. So now we both know this story and it's a very mm-hmm. interesting story. It's so juicy. It's juicy. Feel free juicy. to interject if you need to at any time, but it's okay. a very juicy story. <laughs> so according to one myth, Nephesis disguised herself as her sister Isis. So mm-hmm. as you said earlier, Nephesis and Isis are sisters and it is commonly known that they're very, very similar in yeah. looks. Like if you can imagine two sisters that look the same, but they aren't twins, that's basically them. Okay, so for further information here, Isis was married to Osiris and Set was married to Nessus. Yes, so as Solomon said, Nessus disguised herself as Isis to get the attention of her neglectful husband Set. But instead she seduced Osiris, mm. who is Isis's husband. Hopefully you can catch along if you need to draw a little family tree as you're going. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> now, when they say, um, wait, what word did you use to describe Set? Neglectful. Neglectful. He wasn't neglectful, he was just a bit. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, so for those Apparently. that are listening to the podcast... So maybe he podcast, just didn't want it. Uh, yeah, as I said earlier, it is claimed that Set might have been bisexual or gay, so that's probably why they've said he's neglectful. But he probably just didn't want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a less common myth actually says that Nephesis tricked her husband into a brief dalliance in order to con- conceive Anubis. So... One myth that I came across said that Set allowed Nephesis to consummate with Osiris. Ah, little so, yeah. swingers thing. Yeah, so a dalliance is basically when two people have like a brief romantic relationship, so like a very casual, not serious relationship, but like you're already in another relationship. So, so that's it's like what... a break. <laughs> Like when they say, oh, we want a break. Yeah, it's basically like a free pass sort ah, of thing. Ah, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Ah, so I see. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, as we said, Isis and Nephesis were sisters and they were very close, but they were also considered to be opposites. So Nephesis was considered to be the dark and negative side of Isis, just like Set was considered to be the dark side of his brother Osiris. Yes. Yeah. At this point in time, Nephesis and Set had no children, so she decided to seduce Osiris by trickery. So she looked exactly like her sister Isis, and she went over to Osiris and was like, let's get it on. I'm your wife. There's no way I'm a sister-in-law. There's no way I'm Nephesis right now. I'm definitely Isis. Let's do this thing. Hmm. <laughs> what? Hmm. Your face? Yeah, if someone came and said, ah, oh, I'm <laughs> Nephesis. I don't know. I don't know. Well, 
It worked because Nephthys then conceived her son, the jackal-headed god Anubis. So a jackal is this kind of like, I want to say like, it's a feline, it's in the feline family. I thought it's it was a, more dog-like. Ooh. Okay, then it's a dog. It's either canine or feline. What yeah, else? one of them. It kind of looks like... No, it's it like a wolf. Yeah, it looks like a wolf. a wolf. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, um, Anubis, the jackal-headed god. Um... Seth was so angry that when he found out that he actually murdered and dismembered Osiris. Damn. Yeah. But it wasn't his fault. But it wasn't his fault. Yeah, what? He innocent. He was tricked, but he, he got innocent. he got killed anyway. Like, Damn. wow. So obviously, Nessus and her sister both grieved, and over this grief of the death and dismemberment of Osiris, they managed to rectify their bond. They were like, oh, it's okay. Let me just forget the fact that you tricked my husband into having a child with you and got but, him killed and got him killed but because you're sad we're good yeah and this is actually a very popular image that has um been shown and it's known as the weeping sisters so Nephthys and um isis weeping over the death of osiris yes um i heard that yes. that's why that they became um the gods or goddesses over, of over um, death um, yeah it, it all makes sense it's all coming back full circles and mm-hmm. it so Nessus actually helped her sister Isis into finding and gathering all of Osiris's scattered body parts and together they prepped at the funeral bed for him and made the funeral cloth. So as you said, this is why they're very well known for being part of um, funeral rites and rituals and also why they were seen in Tutankhamun's um, tomb. Because he wanted the best. He wanted the best. Nothing best. less but the best. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's a little... <laughs> Rundown about Nephthys and a really cool story about how she tricked her sister's husband into having a baby with her. Yeah. Which yeah. resulted in his death. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> but you know, family bond and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All wells that ends well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that story leads on to um, another story to do with Set and how he killed um, Osiris and yep. he got resurrected in the underworld. Yep. So. Just a little speed run for it. Basically, uh, after Set kills Osiris, um, Isis finds his body and then cries. And then she goes away to come back later with more people. And then Set comes back before, cuts him up into many parts and scatters him around, um, which is peak. Um, And Isis and Nephthys, with the help of Anubis, find the parts. Yep. And resurrects him. Yeah. And yeah, when he was resurrected, that's when he then gets busy with his wife, Osiris. And that's when they give birth to Horus, younger yep. Horus now, um, who then fights um, Set and is triumphant through some really weird challenges that involves semen being put into people's food and stuff like that. I mean... It's all very wild. As you can hear, there's literally so much to the story. As you said earlier, we could go on for literally episodes and episodes and episodes. There's literally never ending. Obviously it ends, but it's it's so much, like, and it's so interesting. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, let's say that was a trailer. That's quite a bit of it, but it was but a trailer. If you want to hear more, we can we'll be more than happy to do a mini episode on that specific story and also the creation of the story. Yes, wonderful. Okay. So as you know, we normally say some folk tales as well. Um and yeah, so we're going to take it in turns and tell in our favourite folktales of this episode or this yeah, week or this so month. Yeah, so Solomon's going to go first. We usually have a theme, but... It's I a free for all right now, so yeah. um, I'm going to go first. Yep. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so my story is called Feeling the Hungry, and it's from the Swahili-speaking people of East Africa. Ooh. Okay. And so it begins... Once upon a time, there was a man who took an axe and went to the forest to look for honey. He found a bee's nest in a tree, and so he climbed up and began to cut like a hole to try to get some honey in the tree. Mm -hmm. So, whilst he was in the tree, a second man came up. 
he was a hunter, you see, and he he had been looking for meat all day. Yeah. But he had found none. So when the hunter saw that this man is in a tree, he asked him, what are you cutting? And the man replied, I'm looking for honey. If you want any, sit down there and wait for it. Okay. So the hunter sat down and then a buffalo came up and seeing the man in the tree said, what are you doing? And he replied, I'm looking for honey. If you want any, sit down beside the hunter. Um, So the buffalo sat down beside the hunter. Yeah. And then a lion came up and he too asked, what are you doing in this tree? And the man told him, sit down on this side and wait, I'll get you some honey in it. And then an eland, which is like an antelope, mm-hmm. came and asked the man, what are you doing in the tree? And he answered, I'm looking for honey. These people need to mind their business. Right. But he said, I'm looking for honey. And if you want any, sit down over there next to the lion. So the eland or the antelope sat next to the lion. Yeah. And then a leopard came. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you know what? This is actually making me kind of sad because earlier we found out that a lot of these animals you've mentioned are endangered. Well. And I was living under a rock because I did not know that. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Sad. But yes, then came a leopard along and he asked the man, you know, what are you doing? And so the man said, I'm looking for honey. Can you sit? over there by that side over there oh and so he sat down yeah and then a bush buck which is i don't know one of those little animals yeah. came over and asked um the man what are you doing and he said sit by the leopard over there um and wait for honey what? so there's a whole lot of people just sitting how good is this honey that they're all waiting like what the hell? honestly and then uh gennets came up and asked the man what are you doing so a gennet is like a ferret or like a lemur type animal um so he asked um the man what are you doing and the man replied i'm looking for honey if you want any sit over there by yourself at this point the man needs to have a sign saying i'm looking for honey mm-hmm. anyway he said sit over there by yourself and wait for me to get this honey so the gannet sat down by himself and then a guinea fowl, which was like a chicken, came along and asked the man, what are you doing? And the man said, I'm looking for honey. If you want any, sit by the gennet over there and wait for it. And so then the man went cutting the tree. And when he made the last hole, he looked inside and he found that there was no honey. And then all those sitting around asked him, so when are you going to give us our honey? Huh? And the man said, okay, so there's no honey in this nest, but there's no need for you to go hungry. If you're fools, it's your own fault. Then the hunter turned and killed the buffalo. And the lion seized the eland, the antelope. The leopard caught the bushbuck and again it killed the guinea fowl. And so they were all very glad and said to the man, you've done very wisely today. That is all. I see what he did there. Don't even know how to respond to that. I don't even know what the lesson in that is. I think there's. I just feel like what? There's a few lessons that I could. Oh I can, my I can god! See. Go on. So obviously, at first he was um, setting up everyone next to each other as like yeah, praying, praying yeah. And one, why aren't you more aware of your surroundings yeah. to know that you're like if you're sitting next, next to, to a lion? Yeah to wait for honey does that make sense yeah so so when he says if you're fools it's your own fault yeah so they weren't aware of the presence and he was saving himself because by he gave the predators this, yeah, all their all the things. so yeah. he has no issue so yeah. he was wise and the fools were fools for what they did so you know at the end of the day you need to think about your surroundings you know don't wait for someone else to give you food clearly um yeah and don't die <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that is the story. Don't get dead, as our friend says. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I found it a a really interesting story. Although it's like, it's short. Yeah. um, It's very repetitive. But you know, I think it's like, you know those like bedtime stories that they're repetitive. Yeah, I can imagine it as a book. Yeah. Um, But it has this lesson in the end. Although you might have to search for it yourself in terms of what Mm -hmm. the message is. Take from it what you wish. Um, But I think it's, you know, don't be a fool um, and be careful of your surroundings. 
So yeah. don't try and wait for someone else to give you food, you know? Yeah. Don't be lazy. Yeah. Uh, definitely. So that is my folktale. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you very much. So my folktale is called The Jackal and the Wolf. Ooh. And this is a story from South Africa. I mainly chose this story because the main character is the jackal, so I kind of wanted to keep in a sly, you know, Egyptian mythology. Yeah, I, I, I could tell that that's why you would have picked yeah. it. Yeah. You, you highlighted the jackal part in the Anubis story. Yeah. So, yeah. And actually, it's a um, little important fact. Jackals are actually really prevalent in Egyptian mythology because they represent death. Oh. Yeah. And obviously Anubis is the patron deity of jackals with this jackal. Why do they represent death? Do you know? Um, well, that is actually a really good point. Is it because they're, you know, know, how they eat carcasses or, I don't know, or something like that? You know, there's many reasons why it could be. Okay, and we're about to find out. Yeah. Because I'm actually interested. So you found out. <laughs> yeah, so jackals are associated with death because they lurked around cemeteries and would eat decomposing flesh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So the Egyptians made Anubis the patron deity of jackals in hopes to protect dead bodies from being devoured. This makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And now we know. And now we know. The more you know. So, onto the folk tale. Mm -hmm. The tale of the jackal and the wolf from South Africa. So, once on a time, a jackal who lived in the borders of a colony saw a wagon returning from the seaside laden with fish. So he tried to get into the wagon from behind, but he couldn't. So he ran before the wagon and lay on the road as if he was dead. Okay. So, you, so like he could see the wagon, he could see all the food and the fish. He was like, hmm, that looks good. But I can't jump on it from behind, so what am I going to do? So mm-hmm. he quickly ran in front of it and pretended he was dead. Like, <laughs> like yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So when the wagon came up to him, the driver came out and he was like, Oh my god, there's a dead jackal on the floor. But he was like, oh, this would make a fine caress for my wife. Mm-hmm. So a caress is like a rug or a blanket of sewn animal skins. Okay. So obviously he saw the jackal's like nice, like fur. Nice he was like, oh, stuff, this yeah. is basically free, oh, a free rug. <laughs> free clothes? Free clothes. <laughs> so he threw the wagon, he threw the jackal into the wagon. And as the wagon travelled on, and um, the jackal would be throwing out the fish onto the road. As it was getting later <laughs> in the night, yeah, and this jackal is in this wagon. He'll, he'll be, be throwing, throwing the fish, fish out so like, that so, he can get it later. So picture a trail of fish yeah. following the wagon, yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> so um, he did this, obviously, because he wanted to jump back out at some point and collect all the fish mm-hmm. and, like, eat it. And, like, that's, that's, his, that's his meal done. Mm-hmm. Um, so as he was doing this, he didn't know, but a, this the story refers to it as a stupid old wolf. In brackets, they put hyena. Okay. So you know, imagine the hyenas from Lion King. You know, there's like <laughs> <laughs> was. So he didn't know. Little did he know the hyena was there eating all the fish as it was going along. Fairs. Yeah. So he obviously ate more than his fair share. So when the jackal came out of the balcony and saw there was no fish and saw that the hyena was there with his full belly, he was like. You owe me. He was like, you owe me fish. Like, why did you do this? This was my trick. I planned this all out and you've just eaten it. So you Mm. owe me. Do you think the hyena owes him? I mean, no, because anything could have happened to the fish along the way if he didn't secure it. And two, you should have just eaten some of the fish in the wagon. Maybe. 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 (laughs) So the jackal was like the hyena. Well, you need to pay me back with all these fish. And obviously you still want to eat, so I have the perfect idea. You do exactly what I did, and then we can both be happy. You know what I mean? Because it worked for me, it'll work for you. So the hyena was like, okay, this sounds great. Let me let me do what you did. We'll both get fish, we'll both be happy. So the next day, another wagon came out from the sea. Um, there was loads of fish on the wagon. The wolf did exactly as the, well, the hyena did exactly as the jackal did before. Mm-hmm. He threw himself out onto the road and waited for the wagon to come across him. <laughs> but what do you think happened? <laughs> the wagon just kept going. <laughs> so... Press it! <laughs> so when the wagon stopped, the driver came out and said, what ugly thing is this? Because <laughs> obviously you've seen hyenas. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. 
she was like, what What ugly thing is this? And he kicked the wolf. He kicked the hyena. Wow. He was like, ew, this is so ugly. And as um, the jackal told the hyena to play dead, the hyena was playing dead. And he was still being kicked with an inch of his life. According to the instructions of the jackal, he wasn't moving. He was like, oh, I'm going to get this fish if I just stay still. Um, but obviously he was being beaten up for being dead. My thing is, why is the driver already kicking something that he thinks is dead? Is he just trying to kick it out the road or... It's just he... that he was beating him with an inch of his life and it's like, Damn. he had no life, okay. clearly. Wow. Damn. <laughs> like, what's going on? So, yeah, the driver left the hyena on the side of the road and drove on and the hyena, beaten up and, you know, bruised, hobbled off to tell his friend, Jackal, what happened to him. Friend? Friend. <laughs> and this the story just ends by the hyena saying... What a pity. I've not got such handsome skin as you have. And I just don't know what to take from that. Oh. So he wasn't even angry that he was literally <laughs> tricked hmm. by the jackal. Oh. I think he wasn't That's aware of his own... Yeah, the yeah. fears to it. He wasn't aware of his own appearance. Yeah, I think one lesson I could get from it is what works for someone might not work for someone else. Yeah. Um... Two, at first I was like, why is the hyena or wolf being called stupid? Because I think it's pretty smart to be eating um, the fish as it came out of the yeah. film. Like, that's not stupidity. But I guess the stupid but, part was, yeah, um, you know, being beaten half, yeah. half to death and just and thinking just it will still thinking work. Thinking it will still work, yeah. But there's a, there's a trope for hyenas being known as being stupid and, like, mm. ugly and... Well, I guess... It, because it's like the way their tongues out and oh, their, lagging out yeah the whole, and the whole and the sounds that they make it, yeah you know, it, it sounds it mimics, like a fool yeah yeah um, it mimics that so it makes sense why they would make yeah them the fool in the stories but yeah it's but an yeah, interesting story interesting story yeah. indeed I feel like it stopped very abruptly like that should exactly, have been like a last yeah no honestly I it. was reading it like thinking wait did I did I miss how would you end it how would I end it Oh, that's actually a really good question. How would you end it? How would I end it? I think I would end it on the jackal saying, well, that's what you get for stealing my fish. That seems like a typical, mm, like, way mm, of ending mm. it. Like, you know, kind of trickster story, like a a Nazi sort of vibe. Like, that's what you get for stealing my fish next time Mm. you think before you take another man's food. That's good. The way I would have ended it, yeah, Yeah. is as the man was kicking the hyena and, and, like, busy kicking the the jackal should have been in eating, the back of the van yeah, eating, taking all the fish. Eating food. Yeah. And that was a trick that he set up. See that 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 is a that is a good double crossing story. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Got him. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> yeah, you'll be seeing our book coming soon. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, yeah, that's no, our that's book a great tales. Story. Yeah, great story. we hope you enjoyed them. Um Yeah, hope you learned something from it. Um yeah, don't be a fool. I think they both had something to do with being a fool. Yeah, they both were actually quite similar-ish. Yeah. Like, don't listen. Like, use your brain. Basically. Yeah, 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 definitely. And they both had to do with food, actually, which is quite yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Where's yours from? South Africa. South Africa, okay. Where's yours from? East Africa. Ah. Yeah, hmm, still, yeah. like, mm. interesting depictions of different ways to, like, kind of handle... Say, if you're hungry, look for your own food type mm, of vibe. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. that's true. Don't rely on other people to service you, yeah, basically, is the true. overarching theme of both of them. Which was an accident, but, mm-hmm. you know, we got there. But, it was yeah. cool. Yeah. We, we like a good theme. Yeah. We like a good lesson. We like a good lesson. Yeah, we do. And now I'm going to tell you the African problem of the week. Yes! Yes, you will. I've missed these. <laughs> How would I live my life without knowing a proverb of the week? <laughs> African proverb of the week. Okay, so today's African proverb of the week. I'm going to tell you and then you tell me what you think it means. I'm listening. So it is, tomorrow belongs to the people who prepare for it today. Okay, say it one more time. Tomorrow belongs to the people who prepare for it today. Mm, 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 mm. Yes, yes. So what I think it means, or okay. do, you want to, do you want to go first? Oh, are you asking me what I think it yeah. means? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's that old saying of, you know, um, those who fail to plan, plan to fail yeah. um, sort of thing. Um, by preparing for your future, you're thinking in advance. Um, 
and it means that you would reap, you know, the rewards of yeah. that delayed gratification. Exactly. Um, or as Burner Boy says, you don't come. Laugh, laugh. I don't want to go to breakfast. Child. Child. <laughs> yeah. But it's basically, yeah, it just means that you won't, you won't carry last if you plan. You know, like if you if you plan for tomorrow, you always be prepared for today. Yeah, I guess it's really important for like, especially um, people who think about stuff like harvest and you know crops and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's stuff that you have to plan in advance for. Yeah, so to be prepared. Yeah, so you're yeah. not caught lacking. Um, yeah, this time. and I actually came across it because I've been recently tried like I, I've been recently doing um I have an online like planner like mm. digital journal planner that I use and I found this African proverb and I was like oh my god this makes so much sense so I have it like a little quote in all my pages oh this has been episode 10 yes of art mythos African mythology told through art and we have been your hosts Solomon and Adra Adra and Solomon any way you want to <laughs> say it <laughs> And, you know, it's been great. It's it's good to be back, you know. It's been a few months and it's really good to kind of be back yeah, in the flow Yeah, get back things. in the flow of things. Um, so much more to come in the next couple of weeks. Yes. Um, yeah, so thank you for following us on this journey. Thank you. And, yeah, I think we're going to put this episode to a close. Yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Um, please don't forget to like and comment and share and subscribe, and subscribe. this is on YouTube even if it's on you know wherever you get yeah, your podcast you make sure wherever. you follow <laughs> subscribe um, and please please comment so we know what stories you want to listen to next what you want us to do for minisodes and most importantly if you've enjoyed the episode yes and follow us on all our other social media channels yeah YouTube Pinterest Instagram on TikTok <laughs> TikTok <laughs> Damn, we're doing a lot and we want to bring you along in this journey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thank so you very much. So, explore the world of African mythology with us. And we have been Adra and Solomon. Solomon and Adra. And um, peace out. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Have a good night. <laughs>